Before you ride or die for me Commitment will you slide for me As alpha I'll be leading things Wolfpack gang we are family Before you ride or die for me Commitment will you slide for me As alpha I'll be leading things Let's jump it off with something lighthearted um, Before we get into the topic uh, what is Rachel, what does your mom like to eat for for brunch? Well, I know it's Eggs Benedict and she loves her hollandaise sauce on it. <laughs> and she always... And she's an orange juice. What's that? Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, oh, no, and, she ahead, always, go ahead. and she always asks to make it runny. Even if it's already over easy, she always says you have to make it runny to the waiter. <laughs> <laughs> this is correct. <laughs> And is she more of an applesauce or, I mean, um, apple juice or orange juice type of person or something else? What's orange her drink juice. of choice? <laughs> orange juice. <laughs> and Ellen, what does your daughter like to eat for? She likes brunch? to eat uh, like avocado toast. <laughs> and she likes to have a special tea and she'll look at all of them and make sure she gets the right tea that she wants. <laughs> And then usually something really super healthy and organic. <laughs> Yo, that's hilarious. That you that was just very detailed. Yeah, you know each other. That's a tough. That's a tough. Okay, so now I mean for me, like me, I it depends on what mood I'm in. I might eat something like um there's locals only here in Rochester. Oh, oh yeah, it's off the chain. Yeah. yeah, they have a sandwich in Rachel might laugh when I say this, but they have a sandwich called the Gucci, the Gucci egg sandwich. You and would. for me, I love that word. Yeah, I love that word. I use it all the time. Um, and you could put a burger and egg over easy with bacon and, you know, all kinds of things. Oh, my God. It's so delicious. <laughs> uh, sometimes I'll dip it in barbecue sauce. Some people don't like barbecue sauce. I'm a fan of barbecue sauce. And then I get a side of sweet potato fries. I love me some sweet potato fries. Oh yeah, we like and sweet I, potato fries. We like fries. And I always gotta have. <laughs> <laughs> and I always gotta have some type of mimosa when I'm eating. Oh yeah. Lunch. To me, that's that staple, you know. Um, okay, so let's get into the topic. So, like, parenting an entrepreneur, right? So, like, I know for me, like when I was growing up, my mom was like, "You're either gonna be a doctor." a lawyer, or I want you to be some type of CEO. Like that's, that's how I was raised. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes even I use a lot of lawyer jokes, like sidebar. I say that a lot. Um, you know, judgment oh, for the plaintiffs. I didn't even know. Yes. I didn't even know why. Now I know why you say sidebar. Yeah. Sidebar, yeah, sidebar is a, uh, is a, is a, is a lawyer team, you know? Um, so that's how I was raised. So, like, what would you say was, like, some of the aspirations you had for Rachel, Ellen? Well, uh, Rachel was always very strong-willed and active, <laughs> and she knew what she want, wanted to do. So both her grandmothers used to say to me, I'm talking about both sides, because they were with her a lot, would say, Rachel might be... Rachel's right all the time. Even when you think she's not right, she's right. So she knows what she's talking about. And they'd say that when she was two, three, and four. And I'd be like, what are you talking about? So we knew at an early age that uh, she had the entrepreneurial spirit 
and she's my youngest. I have a 33-year-old and a 30-year-old. So okay. I call her my game changer. So when she came along, <laughs> she changed the whole dynamics of our household. And uh, being the youngest, you know, things went along with Rachel because she got to be in everybody's world from teenage down to grandma down. So she was experienced with everybody. She was lucky. She got the whole family. <laughs> so you have one son and two daughters, right? Yep. Okay. What are your, what are your other two children? Like what, are, what, what do they do for a living? My, my daughter, my oldest daughter runs her own PR firm and she's bi-coastal. It's called Bevel PR and she runs it in LA and New York city. Um, okay. And she's doing really well. And my son is doing social work at um, in Detroit at a nonprofit, and he just started doing that about a year ago. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And then Rachel here started her own business, but she's before that she was um, she was a multi high level uh, aerial jumper. And if you know from okay. Rochester, New York, we've got. We had six Olympians go to the U.S. Olymp you know, Olympics from Rochester, New York, and she was on the that. team. She was on the team with them, and we went all over the United States uh, touring. Um, and then pra she practiced in the pool at Lake Placid, which is a U.S. Olympic, uh, you know, village where you train, um, and that's how you perfect your your moves. So I knew she was destined for something big very long ago <laughs> that's awesome yeah. now Rachel, um uh thank you for sharing that ellen so Rachel, when did you know that you wanted to be an entrepreneur like were you a teenager were you like 12 were you like 16 like when did you know when you was like you know what i ain't gonna do the corporate thing i'm <laughs> gonna do my own thing for me, I mean, I change my mind every couple seconds on what I want to do, who I want to be, and all that stuff. I, I always have some kind of new dream and aspiration. I'm like, oh, I'd love to do this. I love to do research. I love to do, you know, and I just all the time, I'm always like changing in. Um, I thought, I think uh, after I was fired from a digital marketing uh, firm, that I should just do my own thing because, you know, I always did my own sports. I was always, I mean, I did do team sports, but I always liked the competitive nature of being faced against yourself. And um, although I had dreams of, you know, getting that C-suite position, being the, the CMO, I felt like there was a glass ceiling on, on earnings for just being a C-suite CMO. So I thought, why don't I just start my own thing? I own it. That's the one of the best ways to make the most money. And I felt like I could develop myself better. Um, especially a couple of years ago when I decided to do it, if I went and did something on my own, because I would be the only person to be held accountable. It's just me. So if I mess up, it's my fault. Um, and I, I really like that, like, you know, that I can back myself and I got to do what and go where I wanted to go and fail how I wanted to fail and have to face it. Um, yeah. So that, that was a, the big one of the biggest aspects for me and it helped really build my self-confidence and help me work on myself in ways I didn't feel like I could do um while being under someone else so that that was why I really decided to start 
um, being an entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you you hit it on the nail because it's like you said you feel like you changed your mind a lot on what you want to do. But I would rephrase that and say you're good at listening to your intuition, right? Because right. sometimes our, our minds and our our souls tell us things right. which may not necessarily make logical sense or it may not necessarily be like a, a smooth process like a smooth like a line of like oh it, it's projected like you know so uh appreciate you uh sharing that now most in most in our audience most people that listen to the podcast know what a cmo is and the responsibilities of a cmo but some may not so just break that down a little bit what is a cmo and what are some of the responsibilities of a cmo sure so a cmo is a chief marketing officer and I wanted to initially be, and this was in high school, uh, a chief marketing officer at a in-house, which means at um, something that's not in the industry of marketing, but they need a marketer in, in their firm to be able to handle some of this stuff. Um, so they would be responsible for some of the strategic moves, they would be helping plan out what types of uh, projects they should be pushing forward that directly affect the bottom line. And um, they would be leading teams telling them, you know, we're going to this quarter, we're going to be rolling out this or I'd like to, you know, work on some of these key metrics for for that. And they they usually have to lead some of the research and development for figuring out what are some of the new technologies we need in marketing? Because um, marketing actually requires a lot of new disruptive tech to be able to stay on top of your game. Um, it changes exponentially quicker every year, just trying to figure out, you know, what's the what's the newest technology? What's the next social media? What you know? What do we need to be doing so that our brand stays relevant? So that's what um, a CMO in um, in some firm that isn't a marketing agency would be doing. So that's what I was kind of gearing myself towards. Um, and that's that's kind of what they do. <laughs> thank you, thank you for sharing that. So let's switch gears a little bit. Can, when, can I add one when, thing? Yeah, ahead, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think that she, she phrased it right when you said about the other thing about uh, being fired. She wasn't fired, they downsized. And it, it makes a big difference. Right, right, right. Yeah, um, thank I wanted you to thank add that because if the thank other you, one sounded harsh. I was like, right, right, no, right. it's not exactly how they are. Mom, moms are always, they always want you to be in the best light, you know? That's right. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, so to switch gears a little bit, um, when y'all are not at work, what are some things, what are things y'all do together? Because oh. I think there's a, I think there's a stereotype that if you're an entrepreneur, you're always working, you don't spend time with your family, blah, 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 blah. Um, what are some things y'all like to do together? We like to go skiing. We take walks. Uh, we do yoga. We do boxing. We do our nails together. There's a nail place downstairs. <laughs> um, we, uh, <laughs> we like to eat together. We like to eat together. Um, I like eating. <laughs> That that's a good amount of stuff. We also clash quite a bit, but we oh, yeah. love each other. We are a typical mother and daughter. So, yeah, I, you know what I mean. Not, I think I think that's just part of life. You always yeah. Clash, like, 
it's, it's impossible not to clash. Yeah. It's impossible not to clash with family. That's just that's just how it is. Um anything you would add to that, Rachel? Even if it's uh things I like to do together or movies I like to watch together or Netflix, Hulu. Oh, we like to sing songs together. We like to sing songs together. We like to sing songs together. The like the old groups, the good old groups. She likes Queen. Or like she what? likes uh, Aerosmith. I like Queen. She likes Queen a little bit, but she likes Aerosmith the best. Yeah. Rolling Stones. You know all that stuff. Seventies yeah. rock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we 70s sing. We rock. sing seventies rock together in the car. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. like to do that. <laughs> but yeah. We, yeah, I mean that kind of summed up what we do together. But we do like to go for walks together. And we like to just talk about random things, you know. We do like to bicker, I would say. <laughs> yeah. Again, this is a lot of mother-daughter stuff that's not a revelation to anybody that's on the lunch podcast, let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> now, Ellen, did you grow up in Rochester? Were you born and raised here? Yep, yep. I was, I was, uh, I was born on uh, Genesee Street, and then my parents moved to... Uh, Brighton when I was about in third grade. So I grew up in the suburbs from about eight on. Um, okay. and yeah. Did you go to RIT or? I did um, Adelphi, which is in Long Island, uh, a semester at Université d'Aubretagne, which is France. And, then, and wow. then I finished up at St. John Fisher got my accounting degree and uh, <laughs> got uh, Got married, had a kid, and had my CPA all at 25. So, and then the rest is just history. So I wanted to, <laughs> I, I started my own business because I had my kids and I wanted to be able to hang out, uh, be with the kids as much as I could. So I used to have my yeah. office and home, which was a lot of fun. <laughs> what is it like being a CPA? Oh, it's great. You get to, uh, like right now, I got the pulse of of the middle-class people. And I help everybody with the PPP, um, get their money for people that are in trouble of losing their business. And it's like being a financial health counselor right now, because everybody, everybody wants to talk. There's people that are just shut in um, inside. And uh, they're so happy when I answer the phone. And the big line is always, you got a second? It's like <laughs> second is usually more, a, but right, so right, right. I, I you know, so I, I, I enjoy it. I don't get to see my people, so I have to do these Zooms. I do a Zoom meeting, and like you said about being relevant, yeah, that's an understatement. <laughs> I was turned upside down last year with the taxes and everything else, so I went tax season from January till October fifteenth. So wow. yeah, I'm used to being an entrepreneur, and she always would stay in my office she would stay with me and uh so she's used to being I grew up in in her office yeah so she's used to, <laughs> she's used to being around you know just hearing all this stuff and she'd be coloring or making collages or whatever when she was little so you know yeah. she really she really knew uh um, what was going on and my husband um He's an entrepreneur too. He he uh, promotes a rapper, so she gets all different kinds of that's just, information from us. <laughs> all kinds of people. That's what's up. That's what's up. <laughs> yeah. and, um, Anybody. So, so Ellen, would you consider yourself introverted or extroverted? 
extroverted. Yeah, I'm. She's so extroverted. I, 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 she needs people. No, I need people. This year is, like I said, I'm lucky that I had all these clients because I got to talk to people. No, I like to have people around me. I do not like to be by myself. I mean, I was in my family. Because there's a stereotype that if you're in accounting, you're introverted. Oh, no, no, no. Not her. Not this one. No. (laughs) No, No, I broke that mold. (laughs) But I don't have my glasses on. I do have glasses. (laughs) (laughs) And I do love numbers. (laughs) I I love numbers, too. I'm an extrovert and I love numbers, too. So um, we have that in common. Um, Like, you know, I was indecisive when I was 18. I was like, I don't know if I want to. I know I didn't want to be a doctor because I worked in the hospital for three years and uh, there was things I saw in the emergency room. And I'm like, if I can't take this, I can't be a doctor. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, my, um, And then I thought about going to school for accounting or I thought about going to school to be a paralegal and then, you know, pivot to being a lawyer. And I was like, I was just so indecisive. But I do love numbers. I do love numbers and process. That's why I think I'm a good operations person, just because I like you know, the algebra of things, the geometry of things. And um, I think in numbers and formula and my, actually my, um, my poetry name is calculus. Really? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. That's my, that's my poetry rap name. Um, oh, really? Just cause that's the way I think. Yeah. That's the way I think. Yeah. That's no, that's function. cool. Most, yeah. I try to make uh, calculated decisions. Um, but yeah, right now I'm in sales marketing operations. That's the industry I'm in. And um, yeah, I feel like it's a good combination of, of what I want to do, who I am and my personality. Yeah. Um, now, Ray Chu, how come you didn't go to school to be an accountant? Just curious. Because usually <laughs> I hated, I they, say, they, say, they say apple don't fall far from the tree. So you didn't go for accounting. How come? Remember, she said I was making collages in her accounting office. I would take her <laughs> CPA journals. And I, I mean, these are the most boring in my mind. I mean, it's just like the most boring, plain thing you could imagine. And I would just cut them out and make these like crazy, weird scenes out of them when I was, how old did I, was, was I when I started doing that? Probably four to yeah. seven. Yeah, I love doing it. I'd make my own little notebook of collages or I'd be inventing things to pick the staples off the floor with my clogs with the brass rivets. I'd put the magnetic sticks on it, like those building block magnetic sticks. I'd put them on the rivets and I'd go walk around, sliding around, picking them up. Like I just, I didn't like the she, numbers. She, she, we don't <laughs> think the same. We don't think, we don't think of the same kind of no. way. So I, I knew I needed accounting um, just f- for life. You know, it's a practical thing I need to know. Um, I don't know. I couldn't get one of my kids to join my accounting firm. I mean, the, all three of them have worked for me. The first one worked for me. And she did school in three years and went off to New York City, never to be, not, never to be seen again. We're super close. And then the second one in between, before taking his master's, he was in my office two years on and off. Everybody loved him. They all thought he was going to take over and he kept, he kept going... No, I'm just here temporarily, but they still ask about them. And Rachel, they, all my clients see her and they're like, oh, I can't believe she's not a baby anymore. Cause they literally saw her when she was first born. Cause she was born in February. So 
Whoa. They're coming in to get their taxes done and they see me and in diapers. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, they, and now they see her grown up. Um, but no, none of them, none of them wanted to be uh, an accountant. I'm not going to, you know, make them do it. What are you going to do? That's the way the kids are. They're going to do what they want to do. Exactly. Exactly. Because you know? my mom really wanted, my mom really wanted me to be a doctor out of all things. Like, well, yeah. Cause I, and plus because I worked in the hospital for three years and then I was going, I was going to try x-ray cause I, I was in, I worked at strong hospital. I worked in the radiology department. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And I worked as an x-ray assistant and I wasn't going to school to be an x-ray technician, but I was like, no, 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 no. Um, and I think I, I, I knew it broke her, broke her heart a little bit. She didn't necessarily verbalize that, but I could tell it, it, it Yeah, you can always tell bit. when your mom's not happy, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I think, I think over time, as she saw my career progress, she became more content. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so yeah. Um, but yeah, so here's the finale question that I ask everybody. Because, you know, everybody functions differently when it comes to business. Some people say business is just business. You know what I'm saying? They're like, it's not personal. It's just business. So what's your thoughts on that? Do you feel business is business or you feel business is personal? What's your take on that? We'll start with Ellen. Um, well, it's funny because business is business, but it's definitely personal to me, too. So being a woman, I got to be a little hard nose on stuff. Otherwise, they'll walk all over you. Mm. you know um but i'm just very personal with my clients just because i get to know them and that's just the way i am so you can't be you you've got to treat your business like a business but with me if i don't have the personal touch i'd be really sad mm. can you give an example you said you got to be hard-nosed with certain things can you give an example of can you give an example of that? Oh, yeah, very easily. I can give you. <laughs> so I have clients that, you know, sometimes clients will want stuff and they'll keep pushing you and pushing you, and pushing you. And you got to make sure you build them and you got to make sure you you really put out there what is going, what is going to happen. Because otherwise, you know, you're trying to do best for your client, but they'll they want things to be a certain way. So they might push you in a direction you don't want to go. So you've got to be ethically and fiscally responsible. Um, so sometimes, you know, I just go, no, we're not going to do that. You know, you know, cut it out, you know, and you have to like those type of terms because usually I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'll go, no, we're stop. You're done. You, you can't keep pushing. You know, you could just tell when someone's pushing at you. So you, you, you've got to be real with your clients and they appreciate it in the end, you know, or, right. or over the years. I mean, I've had people for years and then I have their children and now their grandchildren because I've had, wow, yeah, I've had my CPA as long as I had my last, my first daughter. So it'll be 30, long time, 34 years. I'll have my CPA um, by next week. So, I mean, they just, you know, they get to know you. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like family. And you also get to know them. You know they're what they're going to do or how they're going to push or, or not push. <laughs> you know, some are just like, yeah, Ellen, whatever you want to do. Yeah, that's great. Other ones, they just, you know, especially the entrepreneurial <laughs> types. 
Mm. They'll keep pushing. I'm definitely picky. Because they want you to go their way. And I'll be like, well, that doesn't, you know, I'm talking about accounting. That doesn't go, that's not going to work. And then they'll probably just still do what they want to do. But at least, you know, you've told them what (laughs) you think is the right way. So you got to be like that with business is business. Yeah. I feel, I feel you on that one. I feel you on that one. Yeah. Now, Rachel, you, <laughs> now, Rachel, you have answered this question before because this is your um, second time being on the podcast, but would still love to hear your take on it. Business is business or business is personal? Sure. I would say uh, business is business first. Um, you got to make sure you're profitable and billing your clients, like my mom said, and um, doing what's right ethically for the clients. Um, because business is also doing what's right for them. So if somebody wants to do something and I know it's just going to be a dumpster fire, I, I tell them flat out, that's like, that isn't a good idea. And some entrepreneurs will do it anyways. And I'd be like, why did you do this? (laughs) You know, and they do it anyways. Um, but it's also personal in the sense where, you know, I'm the kind of person where I really, I end up coaching a lot of people or, or being kind of like a therapist or, <laughs> or if they've got some condition, I'm always finding some, you know, like health re- research that came out in JAMA or something, or some podcast that some doctor is talking about their condition and something that could possibly help it. And I'll send it to them. Like, I do really care about people. Um, and for me, I'm really passionate about making people better just in any way. So to me, that seeing people grow and, and helping them in any way that they need. Um, I, that's personal for me. And I really, I really like being there for people in that way. So that's, that would be more of the personal aspect for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you for sharing that. Cause it's like, what you said reminded me of, um, and I'm getting, getting a little emotional just thinking about it. So like, I remember a few months ago, this is probably almost six months ago now. And um, I was looking for different freelancers to work for us, right? So I was interviewing them. Um, and we ha- I decided to hire Madison. Her name is Madison Steinbrook. She's our uh, social media manager. Um, and for me, like, yes, I was looking for skill sets and different things, but it was like, she was also very personable. You know what I'm saying? I think even part of the interview process or just, you know, me asking her questions and stuff like that, like we end up talking about Starbucks. I love me some Starbucks. You know, I love (laughs) me a chai latte and different things of that nature. And like, you know, as we've worked together, like, you know, she has ambition, musical ambitions. Like she plays the guitar, she sings, she's trying to make an album. You know, I love me some music. Um, So I'm like, yeah, any way I could, you know, support your career, anything outside of you freelancing for us, like, you know, I'm down, you know? And she tells me about her goals, like, oh, I have ambitions to move here. You know, I live here and I want to move here. And I'm like, yo, I'm going to try to help you get there if I can. Um, So um, for me, like when it comes to, uh, you know, working relationships and people that we work with, like true, we look for skill sets. We look for, you know what I'm saying? Oh, you know, okay, they got a nice resume, whatever. But to me, it's bigger than the resume. It's 
does their skills match, but also there's a personality match. You know what I'm saying? Because I know me, I'm more, uh, you know, like wolves are my favorite animals. I'm more of an alpha, you know what I'm saying? And, 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 and James is more of a, a beta. Like I'm more like bottom line, get it done. He's, he's cool, but he's also about getting it done. Um, but he's cooler than me, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm more like, uh, I probably have a little, uh, I like things like OCD a little bit. So we kind of work well and I'm more branding. He's more sales. I'm more operations. He's more visionary. So we work very well together. So her, her skills and her personality complemented both of us. You know what I'm very saying? Nice. Because she's, she's an introvert. Her both, me and him are extroverts, but she's also a deep thinker. So sometimes she'll be like, eh, did y'all think about this? And we're like, oh, nah. <laughs> so um, it's good. It's good that we that we have her. And I'm so proud of her. And, uh, you know, she's, 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 she's helped a lot. So hopefully she sees this episode, this video, and uh, appreciate my sentiment. But also, I'm being honest. It's not just all sentiment. Oh, yeah. No, I can tell. It's heartfelt. Yeah. yeah but yeah so i appreciate y'all being on the podcast um i will ask this because i 2026 has been on my mind um when it comes to entrepreneurship five years from now what are some trends you think that would develop it could be your industry it could you could take this any way you want it um what do you think entrepreneurship is going to be like five years from now do you think we'll have less entrepreneurs, more entrepreneurs? What do you think is going to be in 2026? I think that a lot of people are going to be working for themselves at least part time. Um, a lot of people have been doing, you know, the Uber, Ubering and the uh, delivering food and just doing that part time work. But I think just contract work in general is going to increase as people take their work into their own hands. Uh, I think online work and online business is going to increase and people, you know, th there's relatively low entry for that. So people can go ahead and do that. I think working at co-working space is going to increase. I see them as digital e or physical ecosystems for businesses. So different people can have different ideas. Doesn't matter what industry you're in, you can talk to people. And I think that accelerates innovation. Um, I think that a lot of a lot of brick and mortar is going to fall. It's not just retail. It's not just retail. It's gonna be a lot. So, I mean, that's that's what I see happening in the next five years um, for entrepreneurs and in business. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Ella? Well, I have a little bit different of take being a different age than uh, <laughs> Rachel. Um, so, I'll start with like people my age, people in their 50s and 60s. I'm seeing a, ra a more rapid um, retirement than there was before due to COVID. People are just, and because of the push in technology, uh, there's people that are just throwing the towel in early and just going, you know what? You can take your Zoom, you can take your this. I'm, I'm going down <laughs> to Florida or I'm going to Texas. I'm getting out of New York, I mean, boom, done. Just in before where people on the fence, they've made their they've made their decision and going. So when things are going to recover, 
I think there is going to be more um, entrepreneurship, uh, but I really, I, I obviously it's going to be more technology, but I really don't know. I really couldn't tell you what direction I think it, it's going to be in five years because just watching this, um, everything unfold in the last year in, you know, year and watching how fast to push technology and how much it disrupted. Um, it's just been a crazy time. So I do see more people having to be entrepreneur like because in order in order to survive and you've seen it right now, you know, people just to get food are being entrepreneurs. And um, I think that's going to continue because the small business is the backbone of the United States. And it's really time that the rest of the government understands that and promotes the small business like they properly should. So that's the way I feel. Yeah. Yeah. So to kind of combine what y'all are saying, this is kind of my thoughts. So I feel, I think, you know, a lot of people have Facebook, a lot of people have Instagram, a lot of people have TikTok or LinkedIn. They have some type of social media. And we talk about social media like it's like commonplace. I feel like that's how it's going to be with side hustles about five years from now. I think a lot of people will have some type of side hustle or side project, whether that's a podcast, whether that's, uh, like she's mentioned, Uber, Lyft, um, freelancing, whether it's graphic design, something, making websites, make that extra cash, you know what I mean? Um I also think, especially with the pandemic, especially with, you know, quarantine and everything, it's definitely going to create a more, not virtual world, but remote or co-working. I, I don't see, like, let's say I wanted, like, someone wanted to start a business. Let's say they did scale from zero to a million in 18 months. And even if they could afford a brick and mortar, I don't see them doing that. Unless it's like a financial, I think financial advisor will always know how they office. That's just how they are. But besides financial um, services institutions, I don't see why a marketing firm will want that. I don't see why uh, a technology company, unless they needed, I know in certain companies they need a bunch of computers and this and that. So you might have that location you're like oh i got this location I got X, you know and then the, maybe the leaders the ceos and the vps maybe they um have off spaces but if people do have an office i think it's going to be limited um i don't you know i don't see a high square footage um you know uh and having 300 employees in one building anymore um i think that's gonna i think that's gonna fade so it's gonna be interesting you know because you know i don't know all the answers i don't you know these are just my I call it POV. This is just my point of view. Um, but I like to talk about the future because I feel like um, it's, it's healthy, it's beneficial. And so Ellen, Rachel, appreciate you guys being on the podcast. This was, this was epic. Yeah, thank you. It was nice meeting you. Thank you so much, Mason. Will you ride or die for me? Commitment, will you slide for me? As alpha, I'll be leading things. We'll pack in, we are family. Will you ride or die for me? Commitment, will you slide for me? As alpha, I'll be leading things. We'll pack in, we are family. I'm with the
times I'm on Clubhouse. Clubhouse. I am a G, bring the thugs out. Thugs out. House party gang is a pub house. Clubhouse. Tom Barty leads, bring the bucks out. 